<clears throat> so we were, uh, before we get into it, I was listening to the new uh, intro music that uh, we're going to put on this new one. Did you put me on the drop yet? No, I haven't put you, you on the drop yet. <laughs> no, I haven't put you on the drop yet because you gave me no drop. This guy has a I cannot the put intro you on to it, it, and he won't even put me in the drop. So, so basically, it's just his podcast. It ain't. It just has my name on it. Don't got me in it. Well, thousands of people are listening to you. So you're basically just another me. I, I'm just. I'm you're a, just another me. I'm you're the, just a featured guest every I'm week. I'm the Robin to his Batman, I guess you could yeah. say. Oh, shut up. Welcome to another <laughs> episode of Let's Discuss It podcast. <laughs> We're sitting here with our friend uh, Lee Weatherholt, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? How you been? I don't, I don't like that you had to qu- you put a question mark on the end of my name. Well, I didn't know if friend. I said it right, man. It's like this is my friend Lee. But you Weather? know, I've had what? friends for years that I didn't know how to say. That. I didn't even. I don't even know their middle name. Lee is my middle name. Then what's your first name? Kermit. I'm not calling you that. <laughs> Look, Ever in life, most we, I me, him me and him had this discussion. He's like, "Is this name Kermit?" I said, "No, I know him by Lee." I was like. I think it's a fake name. I was like, don't call him Kermit because he might get offended. I was like, no. it's like when you see when you see a, a name on Facebook like Jamal getting dollars, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I thought it was like one of those bad names. No, but it's yeah, a man, real name. Thank you for coming in, dude. Yeah. So man. we're going to talk about some military stuff with you today. Go ahead. Right. Uh, just give us your military background so people can know exactly what you've been through. Okay. So um, as soon as I graduated high school in 2011, you know, I started off, I went to the University of Memphis for a little bit and, uh, I ended up joining the National Guard because, you know, I wanted to be able to go to college, but I also wanted to be able to serve in the military. That's all I've wanted to do since I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally around eight or nine. So I was like, I, I want to do that, which I mean that on TV, all you saw growing up in our era or whatever yeah, was, yeah. you know, all the wars going on, you know, 9-11 happened when we were eight years old. So, Damn, I'm you know, old. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. I, I grew up watching all this yeah. and. You know, I always thought, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of something. I want to be able to, you know, I want to be able to stand up for something. Right. And uh, so in 2011, I joined the National Guard. Um, it's kind of like a part-time army. We work for the state. And I came home from training in 2012. Started off as military police. And then in 2013, I went to Afghanistan. Came home in 2014. Uh, went back to work for a little while, just a regular job. I worked at a diesel shop. And then I ended up working at Budweiser. Right. Oh, right. I and bet that's a good free job. beer, man. Yeah, you got a couple <laughs> cases of free beer. Mark. Did you get like a discount when you did that? When you worked for that company? Uh, yeah, a oh, little bit. Wow. I know a couple what? people who work at uh, who work at Budweiser and Bud Light. They drive the trucks. Yeah, that's so, what I did for yeah. a little while, and uh, I mean it's a lot of work. But then I got an opportunity to be a recruiter for mm-hmm. the National Guard, and I was like, you know, that sounds awesome. I just all I gotta do is go out and tell people about you know my experience and mm-hmm. how great the National Guard is, and yeah, I can do that. Um, did you like tour high schools and do that? Yeah, I. Uh, Went to a different high school every couple of days. Right. So as a recruiter, you get you get assigned an area. Like my area was Lauderdale County, which is like Ripley Halls, right. and Haywood County, which is you know Brownsville. Right. Um. So and I had Crockett County as well. So mm-hmm. you know you know hometown. Right. And uh, so I got to go to all the high schools, talk to kids in shop classes, mm-hmm. science classes if they'd let me, math classes, you know anywhere that they would let me come speak. You know we went and talked. Mm-hmm. Not always about the military. You know, we have a lot of anti-bullying programs and yeah. uh, career-based programs to help you kind of find what your aptitude for certain careers. Um, did that for a couple of years, and then I had an opportunity to do what I'm doing now, which is called supply or logistics. Mm-hmm. So basically, when it comes to ammo, equipment, vehicles, maintenance, um, gear for soldiers, clothing for soldiers food for soldiers where's the soldier going to sleep at night right it's 
my job and my department's job to set that up, make sure everyone has what they need for mm. training, make sure everyone's dude. That's like a huge responsibility. Yeah, it is. It is to make it sure is. that every soldier that signs up is completely equipped with everything they need. It is. It because you know? it, it's almost. It like sounds a tr- like the most important job, right? It does. But but what, here's it, the problem with. <laughs> well, it's not really a problem, but the crazy thing about the military is, literally, there's not a single job that's more important than the next. It's almost mm. like they're all equal, but they all play like, such a huge part of everything else, yeah, right? Because it's like a if good running machine. If you machine. think about it, would you like to be a cook for 50 to 100 to 300 people? Mm. Would no. you like that? No, I would not like that at Everyone all. Everyone would like you. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you get treated really good. You? <laughs> Dude, a happy soldier is a full soldier. Exactly. Right. Okay. Um, oh, man. Can you imagine if you're one of those soldiers? Because I've always heard horror stories. We've always seen uh, military movies, you know, Full Metal Jacket. We've seen, um, what is that other movie with Samuel L. Jackson? Um... Uh, rules of engagement, rules of Black engagement. Hawk Down, yeah. Black Hawk Down, and you see what happens to people who uh, who fall short to the standard in their unit, and you hear about it's all that you know. Because what is that other movie with that famous line? You can't handle the truth with Tom Cruise. That's uh, a few good men. A few good men. People, a lot of people are so scared to join the military because of that, because they think that they'll fall. They they won't meet the standard. They they beat themselves before they even try it. Right. Basically. Is it like the P well, PT used to scare the, the, you know, the scare, you know, scare the fire out of me when I was, you know, 18 and I had just graduated. Cause military is always the first thing that you think of when you graduate. I can either go get a job or if things don't work out, it's almost like military is a fallback, you know? Yeah. And you know, the crazy part about the military being considered a fallback plan by so many people is if it's a, if all it is is a fallback plan, how do you figure less than one percent is in the military? Right. There are five branches. Mm-hmm. Each branch has a reserve component. Right. You know the army has the national guard component, which is like the state level. Right. Every state has their own national guard. How do you figure that less than one percent of people serve in the military if it's just a fallback plan? Yeah. You remember taking the ASVAB in high school? Or oh not yeah. The ASVAB. Mm-hmm. Did you take the ASVAB in high yeah, school? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. You remember taking the ACT in high school? Yes, yeah. I did. Okay, you know how you have to kind of score pretty high on the ACT Mm -hmm. to go to certain colleges or you have to have a certain score? The military is the same way. On the ASVAB, you can go from 1 to 99. So it's almost like everybody who was in school, even people that you never would have thought of that would have went to the military, they would say, well, if all fails, I'll just go to the military. But they won't just accept anybody. You have to be mentally stable. As a recruiter, 1 in 60 people I talk to join the National Guard. Right. Actually, that's probably very false. It's more probably about one in one fifty, right? Because our job is to talk to as many people as possible about the National Guard. Is it is it almost to where they think about the sign? Because a sign on bonus is always discussed when they do it. Is that is that like a legit thing? Is it almost like yeah? There's a twenty thousand dollars sign on bonus for the National Guard for most of the time that I was a recruiter, right? But and I think there still is. But the biggest thing is you can't sell someone on money. The problem, the hardest thing about the National Guard or the military in general is. It's not just a job. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, a little extra money. It's not just a way to pay for college. I mean, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Because if you'd asked me growing up what I wanted to do, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be in the Army. That's all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, my grandpa has always told me that that's all I've ever told him I wanted to do as a kid. Right. Was join the Army. So it was already kind of in you. So, like, your, your passion for it and to consistently stick with it. Because people do their terms. Yeah. Their sign-on terms, and then as soon as that's over, like they couldn't wait to get out. You know, honestly, so from where I'm at, initially my <laughs> six years, there was a certain point in there, right when I got home from Afghanistan, I was like, you know what, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had enough. Were you burnt out though? Was that it? Sometimes. Or homesick or anything? Like, you know, honestly, I've never been homesick. Uh, I've never been homesick. Um, 
because the thing for me is serving the military is, is it's not just like a pride thing. You right. know, I'm proud to serve in the military. You know, I've got a lot of honor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a lot of honor in what I do, but I don't want the thank yous. I mean, I know that those kind of things are going to come, you know, yeah. you know, thank you for your service. You know, that's, yeah. you know, you know, thanks for the appreciation and support and everything. But like most people that join the military, that's not what they join for. Yeah. Do you, think, do you think they uh, people who join the military want more discipline in their life? Some. And they, and then they think that I'm not, I need, I like, there's nobody can get me more discipline than somebody in the military. Do you think that would be a reason for them to join it? You know, honestly, there was a lot of people that came to me with that. But okay. the problem with being in the military is you have to make at least a 31 on the ASVAB, right? Yeah. Right. If you have asthma, you're disqualified. You take medication, you're disqualified. Um, is flat feet one of them? No. Okay. I, I always heard that. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. That's, I mean, if you have like some severe foot case where you can't <clears throat> do anything. Stand, stand yeah. up for long periods of time? Dude, if you can't stand up for more, long periods of time, yeah, you're not going to make it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like I can't speak for every basic training mm-hmm. out there because there are tons of companies and units and everything that do basic training, right? But mine, we lost like fifty percent of the people we start with. Right. And is it almost like a clean dropout, or is it like a a dishonorable discharge? No, it's a clean drop. Okay. It's a clean drop. There's no. Now, I mean, if you like, there's no contract to be punch held up. someone in the face or do something. <laughs> cr- you know, if you do something crazy, like yeah, you might you might get some negative paperwork on it. But for the most part, being in the military is a lot more than. Then people look at it as a lot of people think, oh, you know, you have to be dominant on the military. Right. Smartest people I've ever met in the military. You know what? So we're talking about how people get in the military. Talk to me about uh, women in the military, how that transitions, and as far as the way uh, the world is going with transgenders. So, like, women, there are women that have my job that right. are the highest ranking you could be in the military. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't think there should be any like double standards on, yeah. you know, male, female, whatever. Right. Um, it used I, to be really a big don't. deal back then though. Yeah. It, it used to be, but you know, they used to have all kinds of segregation problems yeah. and yeah. you know, Oh, you're not a man. Okay. You can't do this. But you know, thankfully we're in a time where we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff anymore. And yeah, I seen you know, GI Jane. I know what happened. So <laughs> one, one, one really big thing. And this is, this is a class that everyone takes. If you're in the military, I don't care what branch you're in. You take this class every single year. It's what's called like equal opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. To where there is no discrimination. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter your race, religion, sex, um, anything. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and as far as transgenders in the military. Yeah. I mean, I'm behind it. Cause All honestly, right. It's not up to me to tell you, no, you can't serve because, exactly. you know, you want to yeah, be a certain. Exactly. I think if you are willing to sign up, go through the process, I don't care if you're half dog or half horse. If you want to serve your country, yeah. you should be able to do uh, it, no yeah, matter what as, you're doing. See, as someone who has been there, done that, right? you know, as someone who's, you know, been a recruiter, mm-hmm. someone who's been just a regular soldier in a unit, as someone who's been uh, what's called a non-commissioned officer in a unit. You know, currently I'm a staff sergeant, so right. I've gone to an online, co- I've done a big online school. I've gone to an actual school for a few weeks to get promoted to a sergeant. Then I had to do another really big online course. Then I had to do, go to another four week school to get promoted to staff sergeant. And you have to have certain credentials to make these ranks. Right. As someone who's moved up through the ranks I have in the last eight years. And as someone who's been to Afghanistan, someone who's, you know, been here at home, who's, you know, getting ready for another deployment coming up in my future, right. you know, hopefully, right? Um, I think that if you are capable of serving and you want to serve, no one should be able to stand in your way. Absolutely. Amen. You know I mean, what? But you know what? It's another thing, too, though. Like, if you think about it, when you're out in that field and you're 
your beside your brothers that you you know that came to unite to to serve the country and represent your country who cares who's beside you i don't care if it's a woman beside me or a man turning into a woman or vice versa they're there for the same purpose you're there and that's yeah. to serve your country and to do the best what they can with the abilities they have you know absolutely and i mean if you if you were ever in a situation where you know i have a lot of really good friends i grew up with mm-hmm. you know my best friend has been my best friend since we were in first grade. Right. All right. It's been 20 years now, I hate to say, but I have friends that are cl- I'm closer with than him, and mm-hmm. we've only known each other for a couple of years. Yeah. Mm. And well, it's, a whole, it's a whole different kind of closeness, it's a, right? Yeah, it is, because um, I, I, there's, no, there's no feeling that you could have with someone in a regular life, I guess, right. than something you could share with someone. The experiences you go through. through right. Certain experiences, yeah. Yeah. To think of the stuff that you live through, you know. Yeah. As somebody who served our is serving our country, Lee, um, you're a big sports fan, obviously. We're both Italians fans. So we're we're going through (laughs) we're going through a bad time right now. When the Kaepernick situation happened, did anybody ever come up to you and say Oh my god, every single day. And what was your stance on that, if you don't mind me asking? So me personally, I think that there's a couple of ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. First off, you know, he was standing up for something. Yeah. You know, in a peaceful way. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't doing anything too crazy. He wasn't doing anything. He was doing something to stand up, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what America is supposed to be. You're right. supposed to be able to stand up for certain things. Do I feel like things were taken really bad directions a couple of times by other people trying to support him or trying to go against what he's doing? Sure. Right, but I do my best to not fall too far into the political aspect of things like that. Yeah, but I think that this is a country where you're supposed to be able to stand up for what you believe in, and if you're not hurting people or breaking mm-hmm. stuff or destroying buildings to I'm do that, and doing all yeah, that. yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he literally need and didn't say a word, and everything got blown out to where it was like you're disrespecting the veterans, you're disrespecting the police officers and all that. Yeah, and I mean there's a couple ways you can look at it. Yeah. So to to me to me the American flag is more than just like some cloth, you yes. know. It's something that a lot of, a lot of people have given their lives for it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're trying to protest in that manner, does that mean you're disrespecting those people? No. Does it mean you're disrespecting the flag? No. No. Does yeah, it mean you're right. You're standing up for something in a peaceful way? Yeah. I mean I'm not going to, I will, I can't say never, but I would never try to tell someone, hey, you can't, you can't stand up for what you believe in. You can't stand up Mm. for that or do it in a different way or, you know, I I think he got blown up really bad in a lot of ways on both sides of the argument. Yeah, I believe so too. I believe it just got taken out to where they wanted to put him as an enemy for him just being silent and standing up for something. I mean, standing up for what? uh, Equality. 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 So. When I, when I, when you think about that, when you think about what he was kneeling for, mm-hmm. I don't think his situation was to disrespect the no. U.S. or the I, military. I completely agree with that. I feel like that was his only way to get heard. Well, that was the platform he had. Yes. Yeah. I mean, think about your life right now. Right. You know, what do you do for a regular job? I uh, I'm a maintenance supervisor for yeah. a property. Okay, so you're a maintenance supervisor for a property, and you mm-hmm. have this podcast. Right. What platforms do you have? I have this. 
you have this with thousands of listeners that I'm very proud right. of. I mean, we've got some real loyal listeners, yeah. and I really appreciate everybody who listens. So yeah, dude, I thought like 20 people are gonna hear me talk. <laughs> no, I'm just, oh, I'm just no, playing. Man. I'm just playing. I'm, I'm just disrespectful, playing. man. No, I'm, uh, I've listened to a couple of them. I've listened to a couple of them. No, it, I mean, you gotta use the platform you have in life. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm where I'm at because of the military. Right. I mean, I can honestly say, I'm where I'm at because of the military. Yeah, and and he's a football player, so you know he got the thing like just stick to football. But sometimes it's bigger than football, right? Which I mean, my, I mean, my greatest and final opinion on it. I wish he was still in shape, and I wish the Titans would sign him. But that's just (laughs) he. He has his. He's an activist now, man. Yeah, he he's he's not a football player. I mean, if he would have come back, maybe. But no, nobody's gonna give him a chance because. Oh no! Like I said, if you're still in shape and he was still like playing like he was, yeah, he was bad. He was. He they took him out in his prime. He was really good. Yeah, Kaepernick no. was good. Yeah, he was. Who they replace him with? Oh God, I don't know. I saw Forty Niners. Who was it? Oh, no, they've had a <laughs> no whoever name. was got overshadowed. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about a topic. Okay, flag burning. Talk to me about it. How did you feel? You have seen whether I, you have seen it or not. I have seen the way I've seen everybody seen those YouTube videos, right? Where, oh, dude, of course, and Facebook, Twitter, yeah, yeah. everything, YouTube. I mean, they're to, all over the place. To see people who see other videos of families seeing their military family or husband wife child whatever come home in a casket with the flag over them and see the face of hurt and loss and for these people to stand there and burn the flag and stomp on it it's so disgraceful that's more disrespectful than what Kaepernick could have ever done yeah and I don't I, I highly doubt that's what he intended yeah you know I highly doubt it I, I think that you know like I said earlier you know as long as you're not like hurting people, mm-hmm. breaking stuff, you know, tearing stuff up. It's not yours, you know. But I think that's a big thing that well, a lot of people don't look at it like that. A lot of people look at it as, you know, it's just a flag or Yeah. But it's it's kind of what the flag stands for, yeah. mm-hmm. more so than uh the action of it. It's but, a, that song that they that the guy with the uh, is it don't please don't let me uh disrespect when I don't know the answer to this. What is that? What do they use? Is that a trumpet? When they play when someone when passes they play away? taps. When, yeah, yeah, it's called Taps, and it's a trumpet. Yeah. and they. Uh, that is the saddest song when you think of someone passing away you, and they're raising the flag for him. You know, recent, recently, um, this guy's name is uh, Sergeant Holcomb. He passed away from cancer. Right. You know, he's been around since well before I joined the military. Right. I mean, he's been in 20-something years, and uh, or close to, I think. But, you know, went to his funeral and service like recently, like, within mm-hmm. the last month. And uh, when they played that song, I didn't just think of him. You know, I, I wear a brace on my wrist every day because I had right. a couple of friends kill themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I've lost friends to numerous things. I've lost a couple overseas that I went to basic training with. Right. Didn't necessarily keep up with one of them, but I did talk to one. Um, lost friends in car wrecks. Like a guy that I went to Afghanistan with, he made it through the whole thing. You know, came home, everything was good. Died in a car wreck three weeks after we got home. Wow. Mm. To be in such a hostile environment like Afghanistan in the period of time that we were in, and, and probably the time you went. When did you go to Afghanistan? 13, 14. Wow. wow. Those were the time periods where everything it, it, was transitioning with, with, with the Obama stuff. and. Yeah, I mean, it was really weird. Yeah. It, it was. I mean, it was weird. There's no and, other way to, to say it. to live through that hostile environment just to come home and, and have something as – the odd, the numbers Something of the as odds. Easy of that. as driving a yeah, car, right? Driving, driving a car and then passing away. Yeah. Wow. So, what about Afghanistan? Did you see that you don't see here that people can kind of people who would never join the military or go to Afghanistan will see? What are some things that you've seen firsthand that you're like, wow, like it just it almost broke your heart a little bit. 
that will people because so, not everybody in Afghanistan so is bad. In Af- no, they're not. I mean, there's a lot of great people. Yeah. I mean, just like here, there's, you know, oh, we got high crime rates and murder. Not everyone's a criminal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone there's a terrorist. Yeah. Not everyone there supported you know, what wants, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing I did know about Afghanistan, just from talk, just, even just from talking to the Afghanistan soldiers, the guys mm-hmm. in the, the Afghan army, right? You know. They either came from extreme poor, <clears throat> like I'm talking dirt house villages with right. no electricity, no running mm-hmm. water, using a well maybe or, or a creek, whatever, or you have like extreme rich. Like there are people there who, you know, their life is based around their farms, their cattle, their goats, their lambs, whatever they have. And they just are oblivious to the outside world almost. It's almost like the illiteracy rate is so high up there because that government almost refuses yeah. to teach them. Yeah, and it's not, you know, the thing is, you know, you hear the terms like third world country. That's yeah. not like a, I don't think that a third world country is a real thing because the technology is in certain parts of all these countries. Yeah. It's the use of the technology or the the spreading of it, so to speak. Right. Or the access to it. But, you know, I think about the, uh, the, the you know, I have a couple of friends who've done a couple of tours and they have the stickers in the back. I actually have a coworker who served in the army. And uh, he did a bunch of tours. And the one thing he said that he could not handle was having PSTD. PS- PTSD. P- PTSD, I'm so sorry. Yeah, post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome. Yeah. yeah. So he was really like, he said it wasn't, it wasn't him that had it, but the people that he served with and came back to the civilian life couldn't handle living here because of how they adjusted over there. Yeah, so have you ever heard the term institutionalized? Yes. By people who spend yes. a long, long time in prison? Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's almost the same thing. It's almost like they'd rather be so, there than here. So here, think about it like this. When you wake up in the morning, who makes your decisions for you? Me. You. You decide what you eat. You decide if you go to work or not, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, we're all like, yeah, we have to work. You have to pay <laughs> bills. But, you know, you decide where to go to work. You decide what you're going to go, where you're going to go for lunch. Right. You decide what you're going to do at work unless you have a job. Like, you have to do a certain thing. Right. Right. But... So the way it works with the army is the military in general is you have a job. Mm-hmm. You train to do that one job. Can you do other things? Sure. But you are told when you get to work what you're going to be doing, what you need to do today. You are, you have a uniform, so you don't have to pick out, you don't pick out your clothes. <clears throat> you don't pick out what you eat because your food's provided for you. So all you have to do is decide what you want from the, the chow line is what we call it, Right. Either decide what you want from the chow line, or you pick out which MRE you want. If you have to eat an MRE for lunch, right? You have to have your hair a certain way. You have to shave. It's almost if like you're a, a male, right? You, you adjust to that lifestyle, though. Yeah, it's well, it's like a. I don't want to say it's like forced into you, but it, I mean it's basically forced into you because right. you don't make any decisions. They tell you when to go home. They tell you when to shut back up. They tell you what to wear, what gear to bring. <laughs> they tell you what to do when you're at work. Like you literally almost go. You almost go on autopilot, right. so to speak. Routine. So yeah. yeah, routine. They routines are really good. They can also be like really bad I and mean, then almost be like a rut. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the people that I know that have had problems coming home, it wasn't necessarily what happened there. It was not being able to adjust here. Because if I start talking about things, would you understand it? Not if it I was mean, something you could that empathize, you did day day. Yeah. But you know, you might not understand it. And right. that's where you have to be, like, mentally strong when you come back yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Resiliency is a big thing. So being able to to tell yourself, all right, you know what? I need to do this. Most of the time, people in the military, 
uh, especially that I've seen, they're too proud. They feel like they have to be too strong to ask for help. And it's always the people that you never see it coming from because right. they, they hide it, taking right. themselves. You know? Right. And, you know, and they get so stressed out and they suffer from that, that, that syndrome. And like they really put them on, they like they drive themselves crazy and they don't know, like you said, too proud to ask for help. Right. Because and that's what they're made to be to, to be physically and mentally strong. And a yeah. lot of times they crack. You know? And see, here's another a really big thing that a lot of people wouldn't even think about is being a part of something. Right. Like growing up. You know, I came from a, a broken family. You know, they were divorced, in and out of my life, whatever. But I always wanted to be a part of something. Right. The thing I struggled with the most was when I first came home from basic and AIT, right? AIT is like your specific job training. Like, mine was military police. When mm-hmm. I first came home from that, it wasn't that bad. Right. You know, okay, cool. I've been gone for like six months. Now I'm home training from home, from training, whatever. Go back to work at Food Right. Pretty sure you used to work there. Too. Oh yeah, man. Bag them bags, man. Yeah, bag stalker. Bag the groceries. Hey, man. Number it's one. Like, um, it's almost like that Rambo movie. It's like for real. Yeah. The way people are treated. Not yeah. not as bad as it was back then with the Vietnam. Oh, that's a I, whole I couldn't story. imagine. But you know, Bruce Springsteen made a song called "Born in the USA." People think that that's a song of independence, and that's a song like you know that "Proud to Be an American" song. That actually, that song is actually talking about how the government doesn't support veterans the way they're supposed to like watch oh, yeah watch the video listen to the lyrics yeah it's crazy but the biggest thing people struggle with is when they come home mm-hmm. they're no longer a part of what they were because when you're so when i was there i mean the biggest thing is like gosh i don't want to go to work today <laughs> uh, you know when i got there i weighed 110 pounds right i'm sure y'all remember from high school it's tiny yeah you know i've grown like six inches since i graduated high school that's it <laughs> Were you that short? Are you taller than me? How tall are you? Between 5'8 and 5'9? I'm 5'9, so. And 5'8. But see, I, I mean, since I graduated, I've put on like 60 pounds. Yeah, I know your arms are huge. I'm kind of, I've been looking at them the whole time you were sitting there. Oh, what thanks. arms are you looking at? His arms. That's no. Anthony. Hey, we tra- we, we're we, asking we, the real we, questions. We, we, Whose <laughs> arms are you talking about? Hey, we we're going to have a push up battle, but I said, no, I just no. did arms today. No, I yeah, don't want y'all push That'd be really he, weird. He said, Two dudes he like said, sweating uh, and doing push ups in my. Well, he was asking me about the PT earlier. Yes. And I told him about the PT test. You have two minutes to do push ups. He's like, how many you normally do? Like, he just oh, immediately weird. got alpha on me. I'm like, what? Was he gonna, I'd like, beat did him. he stand up and look at you, like, look down no, at you? No, I didn't stand up. No, he knows better. You know, Anthony, you know what? Now that we bring that up, you know, Anthony walks in sometimes and he looks at it, he looks at me like as if he's better than me. You know that and, moment and, in everyone's I, life where they look at someone? It a little bit. You're like, you're his big brother, man. He, at some point in y'all's life, he went, I can take this guy. Yeah. I can take him. Well, well we got into a scuffle one time and, and I will say he, he put me down. I, ever since then, I never stepped up to him well, again. See, that's what I'm saying. Just like push ups. Well, if I had a big brother, I'd probably not step up to him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so here's my here's uh there's two more things i want to talk about yeah um one what would you tell somebody who's interested in the military what is the best advice you can give them that you've learned from what you went through what you've experienced and what you can take from that you can say you know what i did this but let me show you a different way to how to deal with this and that way to make their experience a little bit better and a little less scary to people who want to join it so the biggest thing is ask questions mm-hmm. first off ask questions you know, because if you don't ask, you don't know. And if you're afraid to ask a question, you're going to get stuck doing something you probably don't want to do. You're probably not going to have a good time. Yeah. You know, who goes to a job interview and says, yeah, I don't care what job I get. Just, you know, give me a job. Right. No one. The military is a real career. It's a real job. But the biggest thing, aside from, you know, just asking questions, it sounds simple, but people don't do it. The biggest thing is you got to make the choices for yourself. You know, you're going to have a recruiter and, you know, recruiters are going to 
want you to join because we know what is done for us. We know it's done for other people. So we know it's going to be a good thing for you. Don't listen to your girlfriends. Don't listen to your boyfriends. Mm. Don't listen to your mom. Don't listen to your dad, your aunt, uncle, grandma, whoever. Nice. Because, Jay, when was the last time someone made a decision for your life and it turned out for the best for you? Mm. <laughs> no, nobody. <laughs> see, that's the thing. No one has made a major decision for me and it actually turned out better than I would have made that decision. Well, see, that's the thing. You make the decisions you need for your life because yeah. at at some point whether it's short or long you weigh out is this going to be good for me is this going to be bad for me how's you got to go through life? it you know like the military has a lot of options i mean you, know, you have retirement you have college money you have health insurance and dental and you know a job and job training and you have all mm-hmm. these different great things about it is it for everyone no less than one percent of people do it but you have to be able to make the decision for yourself because at the end of the day if you're not making decisions for your life that you want to make, you're going to be miserable. Mm, yeah. You know, I mentioned earlier, I started off going to the University of Memphis, right? right? Yeah. I let my friends and my family and my girlfriend at the time talk me out of going to the Army. Mm. That, there, I mean, there's a little more to it than that. I kind of had a recruiter who lied to me a little bit. Like, mm. she told me I could do whatever job I wanted. And the day before we were supposed to go down to MEPS, she said, hey, you know, you're, you're cool with this job. Right? I'm like, that's not what we talked about. She's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. Damn. And so tried to try to do a little uh she kicked you in the door and locked it. <laughs> yeah, she tried to try to bait and switch. Oh, bait and switch. Right. There we go. Bait, bait I, was like, oh, I, I, I was thinking of the <laughs> thing. She tried to dupe me. So basically it's almost like be prepared for what this life brings and just know it's something that you really want to do. Well, yeah, you need to know it's something you want to do. Do your research, ask your questions. No recruiter out there is gonna be afraid to answer your questions. If you don't want to you don't want a recruiter to answer your questions because you think they're gonna lie to you. Cool. Ask someone else. Mm-hmm. Ask someone who's in the military, who's been in. Ask people for a reference, you know, anything. But you've got to make decisions for your own life because, you know, I let my family push me into college until I was miserable. As a recruiter, uh, absolutely did, miserable. did you, uh, did the people that you recruited, did they ever come back to you and say thank you? Like, did you ever every, have that? Every single person that I enlisted into the military told me thank you when they finished their training. Yeah. At some point, they were like, you know, you know thanks for helping me with this. You're something. And you know maybe it might not have necessarily been a straight up you know thank you but you but you but knew you knew they were they were sincere appreciative about it. Yeah. yeah and they were sincere about it because the big thing we try to do is we try to be sincere with you we try to help you make decisions that are gonna yeah. be best for your life because all of the I don't I hate to use the word kids because most of them are eighteen nineteen years old no mm. they're kids man they don't know young adults yeah they're still yeah. wet behind the tweens ears, I don't know <laughs> I don't know the <laughs> but most of them that came back you know okay. Yeah. Do, how do I go to college? Yeah, how do I get a job? Yeah. How do I build a resume? You know, and these are things that I like to help them with. And I still talk to uh, quite a few of the ones I put in. Uh, there's only a couple I didn't. I don't talk to anymore. That's, you know, kind of went on our different directions. But Well, what about picking a, which service you want to do, whether it's Navy, Marine, Air Force? Like I said, do your research because you think Navy, you think water, right? Right. Not everyone in the Navy goes on water. I didn't think so. I mean, we have and a that friend. that scares a lot of people from not doing it. There's a guy we grew up with that's been in the Navy since y'all graduated high school, and he told mm-hmm. me before he's never been on a boat. I think it's the same. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Though. Yeah, don't say it. We can't say it. <laughs> well, cool. <laughs> uh, okay. And well, then I have, I have a friend who's been in the Air Force, never been in a jet or a plane or anything except to travel listen i'm not going to the navy because i can't swim i can't go on the air force because i'm scared of heights 
And I'm not going to the army because I'm out of shape. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's, what, that's a good thing, man. You got to be in shape to join. Oh, that's man. What, look, basic training is nine, ten weeks long, right? No, oh, no. I say nine or ten because you have what's called reception, right. which is where you have to go in. You get your shots. You get mm-hmm. all your paperwork, your gear, your clothes. You have to go through a little entrance process. Yeah. You have nine weeks of training, right? So nine or ten weeks. They get you in shape. That's mm. their job. They teach you the basic soldier stuff. Is it usually just like 18-year-olds coming out? But have you seen somebody like a, nah, a 30-year-old man. or something like that? Come yeah, out? one guy that uh, – Do you think it's harder One guy's able to list with 31. Do you think it's harder for them oh, considering like their body unless they're not in shape? Uh, and being so older and – They're better at making decisions. Yeah, okay. They're better at making decisions. Yeah. They're both easier and harder to work with because most of the time they kind of have a general idea of what they mm-hmm. want to do. Whereas someone who's 18 or 19 doesn't want their parents to help them because they're an adult <laughs> and they can do it all on their own. They have no clue. They're like, yeah. hey, do you have a bank account? Uh, Well, I use my mom's. Well, like, okay, can you get one set up? I get an allowance. I don't know how, I don't know how many 18-year-olds <laughs> I took to the bank to help them make a bank account. Wow. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, it's not hard. It's not embarrassing. It's, it's, just it's not embarrassing. I mean, it's just one of those things like, hey, do you do your own taxes? No. Can you show me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's cool. That's your you're actually it's almost like uh step by step you're helping them through the way of maturing. Yeah, without, like we you know. We like to um be career counselors, so to speak. Right. Cuz yeah, we we help you get in the military, but we're here when you get home. So I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and my friends that are still recruiters. They're not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you, <laughs> yeah, you can do this, this, and this, and you'll be special forces. And, you know, you get to do all kinds of crazy stuff, jump out of planes. <laughs> Why would he do that when you're co- in like three, four, five, six months? You're going to be right back here where he's at. <laughs> he's going to ask you why he didn't do it. <laughs> no, you're going to have to come back, and he's going to try to avoid you because he lied to you. Oh. And then you're going to tell all your buddies, and that's going to spread like wildfire. Yeah, you don't you know want to be saying? that recruiter either. No. You get a bad name as a recruiter if you like. Yeah, no, somebody. there are a lot of recruiters that have horrible names. Like horrible names. And they probably don't even care. They're like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Oh, no, they care. <clears throat> oh, they do? They suffer from it so oh, bad. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, never mind then. Final question. Um my my last question. I know this is uh, this has got to be the most important question. I, I was going to save it to the end. Is Tom Brady coming to the Titans? <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, answer when, truthfully. Answer, I'm going to answer it the exact same way I answered it earlier today. Okay. I thought that was a lie. Tom Brady's not leaving Belichick. Oh God. Look, okay. Oh. No one can see this, but I'm holding up and I'm wiggling every <laughs> finger on both hands. If you're able to do that with a fat Super Bowl ring on it. Doesn't matter if someone says, "Oh, you only got that because you're a coach." He can't do that anyway. He's got arthritis. He's, Dude, he's been doing that for like sixteen, <laughs> seventeen years. I and mean, I, he he did it with a whole different plethora of teams. Uh, it looks I, like he's I, on listen, his way to do I it again do, without Gronk. I honestly think he's not going to end his career with the Patriots. I don't see it. He will. He he look. He got his house for sale. His trainer got the house for sale. Everything. And his, dude. And his contract's voided out. His wife, his, his wife makes more than any football player. What does she do? 10. I think she's a model, bro. Victoria's She came out of a, a taxi with Queen Latifah. I think that was her. Oh, yeah. The, the, the tall one? The blonde one? Yes. I oh, think wow. That, Giselle. Wow. Giselle was her name, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Okay. Well, yeah, I'd quit, too. <laughs> I'll sell well, my not. house, too. But Dude, listen. He he's, keeps saying he's going to play till he's, like, 45. Well, that ain't – yeah, three more years. So, h- how do we fix the Titans? League? We can't, bro. All right, so here – Here's how we fix the Titans. How, do, how many more? How many Titans more weeks? Fan, how many more weeks do we have? Seven, it's week nine, right? Yeah. So how do we fix seven weeks? All right. So and to get a winner, here's what we got to do in the next seven weeks. All right. Fire everybody. We need to get rid of three of our five offensive linemen. We need to get three new ones, preferably people that can hold a block for one two seconds. <laughs> Secondly, Derrick Henry needs to not look so obvious when he's going to run the ball. Wow. 
we need a backup running back. Deion Lewis has been garbage last year. He was garbage oh, this Lord, year. Man. He's dropped how many open dunk passes this year? A lot. I know when I went to the Colts game, he just dropped a wide open one, like 10 yards upfield, just dropped it. Mm. So we need another backup. We need a backup running back, a decent one, one that when he's on the field, they're like, oh, he's run- he might run the ball. Mm-hmm. No one thinks about Deion Lewis. They know he's going to go out for a little swing pass or he's going to go out for some little A little check down thing. Yeah. yeah. Mariota. Well, he's, oh, he's already not playing. <laughs> I don't like him. I haven't liked Mariota since like 2016. No, he, he, he was hard. He was tough when he came out. out he out was, the but then man, he just lost his confidence. Quick. Look, he is scared to throw the ball. Well, it, was yeah. it like, he's got so many picks, I man. He like doesn't want to do get it. Anymore. So much lash back on this one. Do it. Say it. I don't believe. What him. percentage of his passes was within like five or six yards of the line of scrimmage? Why are you talking like this? Was it like My 70, house. 80 percent, something like that? Well, what nine thousand percent. What I can say is Lee's is. He's telling facts right now. I ain't. No, I mean, how, numbers how, don't lie. Whatever. I don't care if they hey, lose negative something to forty. <laughs> Look, there, there have been a lot of times this year where Mariota got sacked within two to three seconds. Yeah, nothing. He's you, too big nothing you can do about that. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about that. But most of them, because he was holding on to the ball. Holding on the ball. He sat there for four, five, six, seven seconds. He was in the he, pocket too long. He really stay, was. He stayed in the pocket. He's not scrambling like he used to. It's like he's afraid to get hurt again because he knows he's probably he going to. Leg, yeah. He has been touchy he, since he broke his leg. What, I, mean, what I think it dude, is. Dude, he has been so – it's almost like he's been <clears throat> scared to throw the ball away too. He He's they, run a lot. They made him into a pocket passer, and he's not a pocket passer. Well, that – well, okay. I love the argument. Well, he's had how many different offensive coordinators since he got here? Yeah, cool. How many different coaches did he have growing up through Pee Wee, high school, college, yeah. whatever? You, If the coaches aren't playing to the abilities of the players. Right. You know, that's one. So it's the coaches. Ball. Possibly. But mm. we've already tried that route five times now. Well, I guess it's time to try the sixer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a big thing on it, honestly, is they got to let our quarterback have more control of the game. If they call a play, yeah, you know, good, let good. him audible out. That's not going to happen, bro. Let him audible out. Yeah. We have Derrick Henry. Yeah. Why is he only running the ball 15 times a game? I, I'm not saying your argument ain't tough. I'm just saying. I like, think he I'm, needs to run more. Uh, he needs to lower that shoulder. I mean, his step I mean, arms are good, but he I needs mean, to lower that shoulder. When's the last no time the Titans? Himself? When's the last time the Titans were like a uh, pass heavy team? A su- let me rephrase: a successful pass heavy team. Ooh, been a while. I've been a minute. Been a while. Yeah. I can't even think. McNair was a good one. <laughs> yeah, but he still had Eddie George too. So yeah. I mean, that was well, still a run heavy. McNair was still good. Like he, that was we his, went that from was Eddie him. to what, CJ two K. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh wow, I forgot about him. Yeah. I about gold mouth. But, but see, the big thing is, oh, he we're, so we're running the ball like twenty times a game. Right. I mean, it might be more than that. It might be like two or three more than that. Of course, you can never count quarterback scrambles because a quarterback can scramble once. Mm-hmm. He might scramble fifteen times a game. You never know. But we're not running the ball. Right. Our offense is so easy to read. Mm. It's, yeah. We play a very, very, very predictable football. I don't know how much more I can take of this. Keep but just hire what, the Titans. Comes out. Dude, I, I love the Titans. Hire, yeah. here. Just hire Lee as the uh, head coach, and we'll go. I want to hire Lee to just come talk during a Titans game. <laughs> no, you <laughs> don't. Commentary. I do, because that's so all I want to see his reaction, because yeah. I'll get mad, too. I really look, appreciate yeah, you. I, I want to talk. <laughs> look, I'll just be sitting here like, mm. I really oh appreciate gosh. you coming in, Lee, man, talking yeah, about man. everything, dude. Uh uh, let's discuss a podcast on Apple uh, Podcast and Google Podcast. Yeah. Uh, y'all stay tuned. Y'all listen. I really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, y'all